0: Welcome to another episode of Jamming with Jason. <clears> to <throat> ah, clear my throat a little bit. Ooh, ooh, there we go. <laughs> All right. Well, here we go. Welcome to another episode of Jamming with Jason. Uh, today we're going to talk about chopping wood and carrying water. Uh, you know, there's an old Zen uh, saying: Before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. So we're gonna talk about chopping wood and carrying water, uh, two topics that I am very familiar with and have had a lot of experience doing. So with that, let's go ahead and roll that episode now. You are jamming with Jason Mefford, where you hear inspiring interviews with some amazing people. Some are famous, some may seem ordinary, And they are all doing extraordinary things to positively change the world. Sometimes it's just you and me having an intimate and authentic conversation about how you can change the world around you and rewrite the story of your life by being more authentic, accepting and loving yourself more, and spreading love to others. Since really, all you need is love. And what the world needs now is love, sweet love. We discuss all aspects of self-improvement, growth, and so much more. Great content, insightful advice that's practical and helpful to anyone that listens. You're always eager to come back for more and share with your friends and family since you learn something in every episode. So sit back and enjoy the easy listening while you feel seen and heard in this informative, Authentic and entertaining podcast. Now, let's roll that beautiful podcast footage. All right. So, I don't know if you've ever heard that uh, that saying before. That kind of is is the uh, impetus or the uh, inspiration behind today's episode. But the whole idea of before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water after Enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Um, and it's, it's an interesting saying because, you know, for a lot of different reasons that we'll kind of get into today. And, um, you know, really kind of chopping wood and carrying water, there's a practical side uh, to what that means. But there is also a more uh, kind of figurative meaning behind that as well. Uh, that we want to get into and talk about today, Um, because I think, you know, a lot of times as you're changing your world, as you're growing, as you're developing, uh, you know, sometimes it's hard to see some of the changes that are actually happening, because we're with ourselves every day, right, and so we don't notice uh, some of the changes that are actually happening, And, uh, just to kind of give you an an illustration of that, uh, you know, I'm sure that, you know, people who have children and, um, and so I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but it's happened to me a lot is, you know, especially if there is somebody that I haven't seen for a little while, right. Like, uh, Oh, it was probably six or eight months ago. uh, my sister was in town and, um, So I saw her and some of her kids and grandkids, and I remember there was one of her grandkids that I hadn't seen in probably 10 years. So the last time that I saw this little girl, you know, little girl, I say little girl, she was three or four years old, cute as a button, you know, bright eyed, uh, very inquisitive. And so I always kind of equated her with being that age. And uh, and so we were <laughs> we were visiting and that granddaughter was there and I'm like, who is that? And she tells me the name. And I'm like, no way. Right. Because it's been 10 years. So she was actually a teenager, much different looking um, than uh, when I had seen her before. Right. And that's because I hadn't seen her for a while. Right. But her parents herself. Right. Because they are with her every single day they probably wouldn't notice some of those changes as much. Uh, and it's all kind of a perspective issue, right? And so it's that same way as we're growing and developing. I think sometimes we don't realize how far we have actually come uh, until we turn around and look backwards or somebody that we know in our life actually tells us how far we've come, right? Just like me talking to my, my sister's uh, granddaughter and seeing how big she's actually gotten, right? Okay, so let's jump in and talk about chopping wood and carrying water. Okay, now I'll tell you some stories about myself because, like I said, I have a lot of experience doing both of those things physically. Okay, so. Uh, in the house where I grew up uh you know where I spent most of most of my childhood really kind of from the ages of eight until eighteen when I left the house uh we had a wood burning stove and we had a well, okay and so we were not on city water we were out in the country and so uh we had a well and we had uh, uh a stove right and so we we had heating as well, but uh, for the most part, we used wood as a way for us to heat ourselves in the wintertime. And in Boise, Idaho, it can get very cold. It snows, it gets cold. And so all throughout the year, right, My dad was a contractor. And so I would go with him to the to the job sites uh, on my holidays and sometimes on the weekends and work with him. Uh, but he would bring home scrap wood. Uh, that they didn't need to use at the job site. So he'd come home with his van uh, filled up with wood, and my little brother and I would have to uh, take all the wood that was in the back of the van and throw it out into a big pile. And so eventually, obviously, over the course of the year, we had a huge pile of wood and what we would do throughout the year is on the weekends, usually on Saturdays, uh, Every probably at least every month, one of the Saturdays was us <coughs> taking that pile of wood, cutting it up, right? So we weren't chopping it because we were actually using power tools. So I was grateful for that. We were using power tools at least for that. Uh, and we would uh, we would cut it up. We would stack it. We had a couple of sheds where we would stack the wood. And throughout the year, we would cut and we would stack wood uh, to prepare ourselves for the winter time. Now, if we would have waited until winter, right, that wouldn't have been good because we would have had you know the whole wood pile would have been covered with snow. Uh, and it wouldn't have been ready for us. So you know, one of the things about chopping wood and why you kind of do it every day in a way, right? So kind of every day you're chopping wood and carrying water, is because we're preparing ourselves for what's to come, right? And so even though I hated doing it and it was like, you know, Dad would come to us and say, all right, boys, you know this is we're gonna cut wood tomorrow." And we're like, oh man, Dad, I don't have to do that, right? And so we'd go out and he would, he would cut the wood. He'd be the one with the, cause we were, we were little boys at the time. So he would cut the wood and we'd have to pick it up, put it in the wheelbarrow, uh, you know, walk it over to the sheds, stack it all up so that it was ready for us uh, for when winter came. So, like I said, I spent a lot of time uh, not chopping wood, but, but stacking it, cutting it, getting it ready. Now we also had a cabin that was in the mountains and so you know sometimes we take some of the wood from the house up to the cabin to burn because again in our cabin uh, we had electricity but that was it. We didn't have any running water in the cabin. Uh, We didn't have uh, heating. The only heat that we had was again from a wood-burning stove. Now we had a lot of pine trees uh, in the area up there and so again You know, as always happens, pine trees sometimes end up dying or branches fall off. And so a lot of times when we would go up to the cabin, my brother and I would like to go and play. And we did that a lot. we played pretend and would go off to different places where nobody was at for a while. But part of going to the cabin was doing our chores as well while we were up there. And one of those things was cutting wood and literally chopping wood, right? Because we would be cutting the pine trees and my dad would use a chainsaw um, to to cut it up. And but the same thing, right? My brother and I would have to throw it in the wheelbarrow or actually up there a lot of times we would carry it in our arms uh to the place where uh, we stacked the wood kind of under under the cabin that was dry. Now, because that was pine wood, um, we often did have to split it. And so we would have to chop the wood and kind of split it into smaller pieces um, so that we could actually get it into the stove. And so, like I said, you know, we we would spend the whole year kind of preparing, chopping wood, carrying wood a little bit at a time. So that when we would go up to the cabin during the wintertime, we'd have to shovel the snow to get in and, uh, you know, shovel our way down to be able to get the wood. Um, but then we could actually light the stove and have heat. Right. And so, uh, you know, growing up, I did a lot of chopping, cutting and carrying of wood. Now, um, I told you, you know, where I, where I grew up, uh, the house that I grew up, we had a, a well, uh, which was nice because we weren't on city water. And I'll talk about that here in a little bit. Um, but we had running water in the house, right? So we could go over, we could turn on the faucet, and we would have running water, which was good. It was it was nice. It was a luxury to have. But when we would go up to our cabin, again, I told you that we didn't have any running water. There was no plumbing in the cabin. So we were kind of living like you did 100 years ago. We had an outhouse that we'd use for the toilet. Uh, no water out there either, just a hole in the ground and <laughs> you sit and do your business and it goes in the ground and you th- you throw a lie in there every so often to kind of kill the stench. Um, but that's kind of what I grew up with when we were at the cabin. So there was no running water in the cabin, but obviously in order to live, we needed water. We needed water to cook with, uh, to be able to wash our dishes, to be able to drink, Right. And so we had to get the water from somewhere. Now, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. And so um, we didn't have a well on our property either where our cabin was. And so we would either have to uh, load up our car when we would go to the cabin with water. Uh, or we would be able to use the the well water uh, from some of our neighbors. Because we knew some of our neighbors up there and they were okay with this. Uh, Taking water uh, from, and so you know, here we would go. We would have uh, five-gallon buckets, and so again, I told you we didn't have a lot of money. So a lot of those five-gallon buckets uh, were five-gallon white plastic paint buckets uh, that we had cleaned the paint out of, and uh, so we would we would fill them up with the water, snap the top lid on it, and then carry uh, those. five gallons of water. Now, when I was little, that was really hard for me to do because, you know, I don't know if you realize it, but water weighs about seven or eight pounds per gallon. So five gallons is 35 to 40 pounds. And so for a little guy, that was kind of hard to do. And so, um, but as I got older, I got used to being able to do that. And a lot of times, you know, I'd pick up two five-gallon buckets Uh, So that way I was balanced because if you only have the one, then you have to kind of stick your arm out and kind of lean sideways uh, so you don't fall over. But we would have to carry the water into into the cabin. Or we also had a a, a big five-gallon thermos container. It wasn't thermos. It was a got was the name of the brand, but kind of big orange with a little spigot on it and a screw top and handles on either side. And so when I was little, right, we couldn't actually um, carry the five gallons by ourselves. So me and my little brother would each grab one side of that five-gallon bucket. We go over to the neighbors that was several hundred yards away. Uh, We'd fill it up and we put the top back on it. And then, you know, two little boys, one on either side with all of our might, uh, we would carry that water back to our cabin the few hundred yards that it was. Now, why am I telling you all of this, right? Because, you know, there are a lot of things in our life that are like this, chopping wood and carrying water. Little things that we have to do each and every day or every week or every month in order for us to have what we really want, right? And so if we wanted to be able to wash our dishes, if we wanted to be able to drink water, Uh, we had to carry the water. If we wanted to stay warm, we had to chop wood and carry it and build the fire and feed the fire with that wood that we did. And it's that way so much of the time in our life as well. If you want certain things, there are chores that you have to do. There are exercises, there are practices that you have to follow in order to have what you really want in life. Now, that's one lesson. The other one, if we go back to the quote about, you know, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Uh, For those of you that are on a spiritual path like I am, I think a lot of times there are some small and simple things, those exercises like chopping wood and carrying water that we have to do every day in order to have what we want spiritually so if if that's meditation if it's doing you know different exercises those are the things that you have to do in order to have what you really want but another aspect to it as well is we all have to chop wood and carry water there are all things in life that we have to do in order to live and so even when you are on your path to enlightenment your path of growth your path of spirituality There's still a lot of wood that has to be chopped. There's still a lot of water that has to be carried as you are on your path to enlightenment. But as you are on that path to enlightenment, those things take on a much different meaning, right? I told you when I was a little kid and dad would say, we have to go cut the wood. I would think, oh man, I don't want to have to do that. He would say, hey, you guys need to go get some water. Oh man, we don't want to do that, right? Now I see those things in a different way. And so I think I told you before, I, I moved recently and uh, and guess what? I'm literally chopping wood and carrying water again, right? It's not, I have, I have running water in my house. I have toilets, right? That's not a problem. Um, but I just personally don't want to drink the municipal water uh, that has a bunch of fluoride and other chemicals put into it. Uh, by the local water district. And so instead, I choose to go up into the mountains. Uh, I found a spring up in the mountains here where I can go up and I can fill up my water bottles with this fresh, clean uh, water directly out of uh, Mother Earth and use that as the water that I use to drink. And so every week or so, I load up... (laughs) The five-gallon buckets in my car, only now they kind of look like gas cans, not uh, the ones that I bought, not the five-gallon buckets. I drive up into the mountains, I fill up my water, and I bring it back, and I enjoy it, and I drink it for the next week or two. Now, when I have to go and do that, I don't complain about it like I used to with my dad. I choose to go and do that of my own free will, right? I could go over and I could just drink the water out of the faucet if I want to. But instead, I choose, right, to kind of make it a spiritual practice in a way for me to go up into the mountains. So I'm in the mountains, away from people, uh, and I am able to think about and be grateful for the water that I am getting. I can bless the water. I can thank nature, Mother Earth, for bringing that water to me. And all of those things actually act as a way for me to improve my spirituality, to improve my gratitude as well, and for me to connect better directly with the Earth, right? Because now I'm drinking water coming directly from the Earth, not something that has been manipulated uh, by man, you know, filtered or, or 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 you know, chemicals added to it or whatever else that they do, right? And so it's the same as that pure water that I used to drink when I was a kid, right? Because I told you growing up, we had a well. And so we would drink water directly from, from the earth uh, at our cabin. Same thing. We would get well water directly from the earth as well. And so it provides me with health and strength and everything else as well. And instead of seeing it as a chore necessarily, I can actually see it as a practice that is helping me to improve my gratitude and my connection with the earth. Same thing with chopping wood. So I live in California for a lot of years, and there you typically have a gardener. Right, So I haven't actually done any yard work for a long time, 15, 16, 17 years. I haven't really done any yard work. So um, at my new place, I have a bunch of trees and those trees, again, have limbs that fall down uh, that need pruning. And so I have a whole pile of wood that I need to chop up. And so I bought myself a chainsaw. So I'll be out there as soon as the heat uh, goes away a little bit to cut up the wood as well. Now, again, instead of complaining about it, I can see it as an opportunity for me to connect better with nature, to connect with the trees, right? And to be able to talk to the trees, okay? And see where they would like pruning uh, if they need it, right? And, And to be able to take the time to be grateful for that wood Be grateful for the opportunity that I have to actually have a chore and do that. Uh, And and again, connect myself better with the earth. So that's what I wanted to talk about today. And I'll probably get into, into more details on this in the future. But, you know, even some of the menial tasks that we have, like chopping wood and carrying water, can actually be a much greater spiritual teacher and a way for us to learn and grow as well. And uh, so just wanted to leave that with you today. So have a great week and we'll catch you on the next episode. See you. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. The fact that you listened to this entire episode means you got value and others will too. Do me a favor and leave a five-star review with comments and then share with others. You can also check out all of my videos on my YouTube channel and my website, jasonmefford.com. This podcast is primarily for education and commentary and does not represent professional advice. Views and opinions expressed on this show are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations.